Welcome, 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 everybody. What's happening, y'all? We back. Yes, my name is Sonny Toure. And I'm Akita G. And this is the Fire This Time podcast. We're on episode 42. And, uh, yeah, going to welcome the people properly, Aki, like we do, do it every time. Well, as always, we thank y'all for being back with us and being back in the place with us to be. Um, you know, we over here, we getting a couple of little warm days during the daytime, but it gets a little chilly at night up here where we at, so... We still trying to get y'all to fire and things of that such nature to keep you warm. Because the winter ain't gone yet and the chill ain't gone and it's cold in the world right now. So, um, you know, sit back, relax, you know, take a listen. We're going to give you a little quick doozy today. And then uh, we're going to let you get on with your lives. So we got two big topics. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Joe Biden's uh, Supreme Court, uh, Court nomination, Kataji Brown. Yeah. Uh, am I saying her name right? Kentaji Brown Jackson, my apologies. Kentaji Brown Jackson. And uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, the war in Ukraine. So uh, we're going to start with the second. And uh, yeah, Aki, uh, I know we've been hearing some of the buildup for weeks now, if not months now. I mean, of course, longer than that. But I guess for this specific engagement, uh, Joe Biden talking for weeks, you know what I'm saying, about, oh, we got the uh, evidence that they about to, you know, do this incursion or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it uh, came out to be true. You know, I yeah. thought I, I actually doubted it somewhat when I first, you know, heard about it. It was like, oh, they've been saying this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, of course, then I learned a little bit more about the situation. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, uh, you know, you hear stuff flickering around, but then you dig in and then you find out, um, you know, just the reasons why a country like Russia would give for their invasion of Ukraine and what Ukrainians have been doing to Ukraine's. Ukraine, other Ukrainians that are pro-Russian. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss there. But yeah, go ahead and uh, I guess give your perspective, Aki, about uh, I guess your reception to the news that you know shit is uh you know getting getting on fire over there. I mean, well, you know, it's the biggest and hottest topic right now. You know, um, war in Europe again. Uh, and they had war in a while. You know, um. Thanks to colonization, it sort of calmed that down a little bit. And then after that, they went into neo-colonialism, so... Yes, they'd be fighting proxy wars across the world yeah. with each other sometimes. Yeah. You know before they fight one on their own country. They'll fight their beef with each other in another country before they beef in Europe. So, mm -hmm. you know, wars hit Europe again. You know, um, it's sort of... Um, honestly, for me, I wasn't paying attention currently but i recall maybe some years ago ukraine and russia had it they've been having issues for at least 15 years you know um i think a lot of it comes from that you know breakup of the soviet union you know so i've always looked at it when i you know sound like russia just won't back what they took before um but um you know you got to think about things in this era because we got Biden in office and things of that such nature. And, uh, you know, he looks like he's two shades from the afterlife. So, you know, we got to really be concerned about what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And, of course, some of this is the some of the chickens coming home to roost uh, as far as what the West, what the U.S. have sold in that region. Yeah. So this is I actually just pulled this article. Well, this is from Progressive.com, an article. Uh, entitled the united states is reaping what is sold in ukraine so uh it, this is in the middle of the article uh so by contrast most u.s politicians and corporate media have fallen in line with a one-sided narrative that paints russia as the aggressor in ukraine and supports sending more weapons to ukrainian government forces the most critical events that have been airbrushed out of the west's political narrative are the violation of agreements that western leaders made at the end of the cold war not to expand nato into eastern europe and the u.s backed coup in ukraine in february 2014 not that long ago Aki. uh so in western media uh accounts instead date the crisis in ukraine back to russia's reintegration of uh, crimea in 2014 and the decision by ethnic russians in eastern ukraine to succeed from ukraine uh, as the Luhansk and uh, Donetsk People's Republics. Mm -hmm. And those are those uh, uh, places that uh, right there on the eastern border. Yeah. Um, so, 
uh, it, the article goes on. But these were not unprovoked actions. They were responses to the U.S.-backed coup in which an armed mob led by neo-Nazi right-sector militia stormed the Ukrainian parliament, forcing the elected president, Viktor Yanukovych, and members of his party to flee for their lives. Mm. So, the U, again, a U.S.-backed coup in which an armed mob led by the neo-Nazi right-sector militia stormed the Ukrainian parliament. Wow. Now, that shed some light on some shit. Exactly. And, and these same right-wing neo-Nazi militias have been terrorizing these eastern Ukrainians that are pro-Russian mm-hmm. because of their political stance. And I'm sure there's other factors involved, but uh, I believe we understand the gist of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely sheds some light on, on what's going on. And then, uh, again, this is the pretense in which Vladimir Putin and, and Russia today is entering Ukraine— to uh, I mean, and I'm saying this is the pretense. I, I, I'm not I'm not eliminating other factors yeah. that are going into the invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. But this is the the stated pretense, at least, of Vladimir Putin saying we're going in there because of this long held oppression of these Eastern Ukrainians that are support that that are are Russians historically. Yeah, and, and I'll say this in that one. Um, I think this is something. It's being used. It could be used as an excuse for Putin just to get it back. Russia been trying to get that. They've been trying to get Ukraine back. Um, that may have been the catalyst that allowed him to come and get it. You know, at least that portion that he wanted. Um, with the United States, though, as you normally, it's funny. You know, you you instigate a coup. To some extent, create a civil war, and now you know what I'm saying you causing, to some extent, global disrupt. You know, this shit is affecting every other place. It's affecting different countries. It's affecting stock markets. It's affecting a lot of different things. Um, the whole concept, you know, what I'm saying of Ukraine and Russia, that shit's been going on for years. And I mean years. This stuff to me really go back to like World War II. And you know what I'm saying? Um, Hitler taking all of those territories. Russia coming in from the Eastern Front when Hitler was trying to fight against them. And you can even say before that, I mean, the Russian Revolution at the end of the 1910s, I think like 1918, 1919, yeah. whatever exactly it was. Yeah. And then immediately after that, you have the Western supported White War. Yeah. Where uh, that is supporting the attempted reinstallation of the monarchy. Yeah. And uh, what was, I guess, by that time, the Soviet Union. Yeah. They were trying to uh, reinstitute the czars. Exactly right. And that was backed by the West. Yeah. You know, uh, fearful of a communist revolution and and that spreading panic towards their maturing, developing uh, capitalist system. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this, you know, stems back to this ideological divide. Yeah. Uh, that emerged, you know what I'm saying, with the emergence of capitalism. And I mean, even with the Berlin, the fall of the Berlin, you know, wall, mm-hmm. um, those countries wanted to integrate into the West. You know, they wanted to integrate into the West. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this, I'm not going to say Russia represents the East or is not Western. Mm-hmm. They do all the same shit. That they do in in the Western countries, but you can't just do what you want to do in Russia. I have man, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't looked enough into how Russia currently operates. Yeah, myself. and when I and when I say that, meaning that you know how sometimes people say America has so much freedom that it's too much. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not gonna say Western. I'm not gonna say Western Ukraine's like that, but they don't want what Russia got. You know, especially when you're talking about corruption. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's not to say either or. But, you know? but also, I mean, we even that even some of that analysis is colored. I feel like you know what I'm saying because, like I was saying before the, before we started recording. I'll, the the rich in Russia is called oligarchs. Yeah, meaning you know it's ruled by the rich, and you know that kind of a symbolic relationship to yeah. corruption. Yeah, 
in America, they're called entrepreneurs. Yeah. And we celebrate yeah. that class. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, it's painted with this evil type of, uh, maybe even Orientalist like, type of Like, for me, I, yeah, I can't, get, I can't take anything of that. That's this situation personal. Right. They ain't my people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, my race first guy. So, this is white people fighting against each other. They've been doing that shit for centuries. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They was killing each other, like I said, until they discovered other peoples in other places, and then they turned their deviltry on them. So, and then, too, we looked at something earlier, you know, where we seen, you know, black people, you know, Africans, on, and, you know, trying to get up out of there. And these fools are straight up on national TV telling you. You know what I'm saying? We concerned about blind hair, blue-eyed children, boys and girls. Yes. These Africans right. trying to get up out of there. So they're trying to get home. BBC, it, when when they're talking about their how I guess emotionally they uh, emotional they are and how you know scared they are, how much sympathy they, sympathy they have for the Ukrainians, they explain it because oh they're not from Iraq or Afghanistan or something like that. These are BBC said blue eyes, blonde hair. Even said it. You know what I'm saying? Like. Of course, I feel sympathetic for these people. They got blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, let me see. On CBS, they said uh, the people of Ukraine are quote relatively civilized and relatively European. Hmm. And this is in contrast with they uh, to Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, about you know why they deserve this worldwide sympathy, yeah. and it's not it's not like them supposedly to be like this. But you know, but you make a good point. You have Ukrainians. That are pushing, uh, not like Nigerian immigrants and other African immigrants to the country, yeah. away from the deep, like the uh, immigration centers or like the uh, the refugee centers. Yeah, like the, the the shelters and and and, and, and the train and the trains. I, it's well, it's on the Ukrainian, yeah. I think, Polish yeah. border. Yeah, and it's Ukrainians that is is keeping people from getting on certain like trains and transits. Yeah. Uh, you know, to get out of the country, it, you know, it, mm-hmm. these were black these were black immigrants in Ukraine are saying. Yeah. And um I mean w- but what do you expect? This is a country that is for all, you know, by all appearances, you know what I'm saying, support a nice little nest haven of Nazis. Uh, to a significant degree. I I ain't going to say majority, but yeah, nigga, it's, majority. It's, it's significant. Yeah, not to majority, but I say this. It's like it's just to me, when you see neo-Nazi groups, they're like how white people frame or the U.S. frames terrorists. You know what I'm saying? They're they're located in a place. They got sales all in this place. So we now, got we got a country that allows for the operation of neo-Nazi groups very much to carry out its political Hell, they, to, they, to, they, car- they, to carry out its political agenda. Yeah. Now, some of the major militias of Ukraine drew their recruits from these right-wing neo-Nazi groups. So, uh, I mean, if I can, I can let me read a little bit more of this article because it kind of gets into that how that switchover happened, right? Uh-huh. So, th- so after th- this U.S.-backed coup, where they, you know, these right-wing neo-Nazis run up and storm the Ukrainian parliament and force the elected president and members of his party to flee, it picks up here. The remaining members of parliament voted to form a new government. Subverting the political transition and plans for a new election that Yanukovych had publicly agreed to the day before, uh, after meetings with the foreign ministers of France, Germany, and Poland. So I guess the U.S. and others seen that. The U- and, and they was like, "No, we got to get this nigga out of here today." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, so the U.S. It goes on. The U.S. role in managing the coup was exposed by a leaked 2014 audio recording of the Assistant Secretary of State, Victoria Nuland, and the U.S. Ambassador, Jeffrey Pyatt, working on their plans, excuse me, which included sidelining the European Union and shoehorning the U.S. protege, Arseniy Yatunchuk, as Prime Minister. Both of Nuland, and Nuland, again, is the the Assistant Secretary of State, both of Nuland's hand-picked puppets in Ukraine, Prime Minister Yat and President Poroshenko were soon mired in corruption scandals. Yat was forced. Okay, Yat was forced to resign after two years, and Poroshenko was named in a tax evasion scandal revealed in the uh, Panama Papers. 
Post-coup, war-torn, war-torn Ukraine remains the poorest country in Europe and one of the most corrupt. So it now gets into the militia. The Ukrainian military had little enthusiasm for a civil war against its own people in eastern Ukraine, where most of the pro-Russian uh, uh, communities are. So once again, the Ukrainian military had little enthusiasm for a civil war against its own people in eastern Ukraine. So the post-coup government formed new National Guard units to assault the separatist people's republics. The infamous Azov Battalion, which is the one of the biggest battalions I've been seeing receive like public support and commentary from the mainstream media, the Azov uh, Battalion. So the infamous Azov Battalion drew its first recruits from the right sector militia and, opened and, and openly displays neo-Nazi symbols. Yet it continues to receive U.S. arms and training even after the U.S. Congress explicitly cut off its funding in the 2018 Defense Appropriation Bill. Oh, so we funding this shit. We funding this shit, Aki. Okay. We funding neo-Nazis that fly neo-Nazi symbols to kill pro-Russian Ukrainians. Ain't no different than the United States funding the Klan. So, but yeah, yeah, I think Aki. America has used less to justify going into a country and 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 and, and helping uh, certain people, right? They used less taking us from Africa. They just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but they, they allow these neo Nazis to kill thousands of Eastern Ukrainians that are part of the, these people's republics. They allow that. You it's know what I'm saying? So it, yeah, I always say white supremacy is like this to me. White supremacy is simple. If you ain't, if you ain't one of them you are target and if you are one of them but you ain't what they with if you ain't with what they with you a target your parents ain't never had no problem with killing them never had a problem with doing that really no group of people has a problem with doing that to their own but in Europe that's 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 sitting their thing that's in you know what I'm saying that's part of their culture they've been banging on each other for years I mean that's what the United States do. We fund terrorists. Mm -hmm. Terrorists fund terrorists. Hmm. You know, may have gotten a little more. What did he say? That we, we consider them to be civilized Europeans. This that statement in itself is just so colonial. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's why, you know, I used to use that word, um, my nation Islam days. But, like, I'm starting to come up out of that word. I don't like that word because of that connotation. Mm -hmm. Of you know what I'm saying It's got a lot of European and colonial shit with it Civilized Europeans And that's what they, You know what I'm saying That's how they looking at it But I mean I, I mean from I think our point of view Is capitalism that is barbaric Yeah It's capitalism that That produces Barbaric Shit Cap In the society Capitalism is barbaricness Evolved Right Take 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 bar Take, take the barbaric nature of the caveman, the Neanderthal. I'm not even gonna say that. I wasn't finished. <laughs> but the Neanderthal, that's their character. And you evolve it into a modern day uh system, what they call civilized, and this is what you get. You know what I'm saying? They do it with weaponry now, they do it with cunningness like they did back in the day. Yeah, I mean for 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 them for them, it's like it's the domination of nature that indicates Civiliz civilization yeah. it's not it's not working in union with nature mm -hmm. and seeing yourself as part of part of nature is no it's progress and civilization for this western capitalist world is the yeah. domination you know and really the ignorance of nature you know what i'm saying because if you see the dominant nature you're you're really ignorant of it i mean when you i mean let's just put it raw Did, well that'd be going too far back what we'll say is this that Nature is their enemy in their mind. Years of isolation, nature becomes your enemy. When you can't isolate from the cold. When you Europe is a ask anybody know anything about Europe's history, no, Europe is a terrible place to live. Like a terrible place to live. Cold, ice ages, you know what I'm saying? So Seeing them do this, like to me, this is just an example of white savagery. <laughs> you know, um, white behavior. 
Um, and then two, the, the how you can see how the United States tries to garner the masses to justify it. You know, we've already painted Putin as an evil man here in the United States, and I don't really care too much for Putin, my damn self. I mean, he he's oligarch. You know, he's just like the rest of the uh, super, super capitalists on the planet Earth that do what they do to people and take from the working class people. You know, of course, they say it's a lot of people in Russia that is against the war and things of that such nature. But at the end of the day, if y'all don't get in line, you'll be a target, too. And so it's sort of up to, you know, uh, I would say with, with in relation to black people, we just can't get caught. Don't let this distract us from what the hell we got to be doing. This can't distract us from the mission that we got at hand. Don't think for one minute that just because there's people is beefing with each other right now that they still got their trigger finger pointed at you. It's still there. You know what I'm saying? Let the European do what the European going to do. Now, it, 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 it may come with effect on us with this economic thing they got going on. You know, um, we you know we checked out a little news today early, Ike, and, you know, we seen how, you know, it's affecting a little bit of the markets and things of that such nature. It's, it's affecting Russians big time. The oh, yeah. Is, Tan, yeah, tan them up. I mean, I, I mean, they getting cut off from the world financial, like, communication systems, you know. So th- this is really economic warfare outright between between even countries that ain't, uh, you know, announced no war against Russia. Yeah. They engage in warfare. Yeah. This is, like, this is warfare right here. Well, I'm laughing funny, too, because it's like you got Germany, right? And... Germany would speak up and do all this other type of stuff, but nobody was busting a grape in Europe against Russia. You know, now all of a sudden, uh, uh, Germany and all these other little countries around there jumping up and trying to get in because they got backing from a lot of other people now. You know, they cutting off Russia's airspace. Like, your planes can't even come over my country right now. So you can't get in this, you know. I think we say, what, the only place they got is, what, China? They can go to, what? Uh, yeah, that, that was saying that on uh, Sagar yeah. and Crystal Ball show, it uh, may, whatever it, it's called. Yeah, it may, you know, maybe a couple of countries, maybe a way up, way more other countries. But when countries start cutting off airspace, you know, um, dealing with their also financial banks, and it's just a lot of stuff that could, I mean, affect us. You got to think the greatest, the greatest victory for a Biden press. Oh, if they can pull this off, I keep. If they can. Uh, kind of uh, bring about a people's rebellion against the Russian government. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A people's uprising against the Russian government. That's ideal. That's ideal. Imagine if if there was a, a president of Russia that wanted to work with and bend the knee to to the West, bend the knee to the U.S. like they did with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I mean. I think I think that's you know I don't think it's that that far fetched to say that the U.S. would enjoy that type of move. So of course, because I mean the actions that they're taking is not directed towards the, the quote unquote Russian oligarchs. It's yeah. they're directed at the Russian people. Yeah, yeah. You know this and is this, this is directed at the people, and that's what they do. You know if if you direct if you can affect how the commoner lives, you can did your job because it ain't that whoever's in power ain't gonna be there too much longer. You know, I mean, you got millions in in Russia that could be very hungry in the next few weeks. Now, Russia has they sort of got a twofold history because for I want to say I don't want to say thousands of years, for hundreds of years under the rulership of the czars, you know, and they submitted under that. You know, coming to communism, shoot, and they wasn't playing no games when that came. You know, because them people have been under the hand of oppression so long or under that hand of, you know what I'm saying, uh, class so long that they, you know, they they was like, we ain't playing no, we ain't, you know, dealing with no, no bullshit. And so it's like now you look and you see what's going on. Um, you have people in Russia who want a, a Russia like the West. And that most people I know who've been to Russia say Russia's just as indulgent as the Western countries. Hmm. Ain't too much different from it. It's just that 
government and how they move is slightly different and it's sort of just well known. So, you know, we 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 figure that a lot of our politicians are corrupt. They know they politicians is corrupt. And, and we also know that Russia fell in line with a lot of the uh, war on terrorism in the Middle East shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That uh, arose up after 9-11. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, definitely Russia's hands ain't clean in, in none of this shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I say, though, it don't really, to me, it don't really have nothing to do with the African black man, whether he's on the continent or in the U.S. or in the islands. This is white people's problems now. Of course, there are Africans that are there who are trying to get out. Right. And uh, we do, and people who can need to work to try to help to get those people out. So, I mean, but that's my point, too, though, Aki. I, it do matter to us because we do got people over there, yeah. and it's important for us always to see how these big powers are moving in wartime. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. In a sense of like this, like yo, I'm monitoring this. Yeah, but as far as feeling like we're part of it, as far yeah, as I'm not empathetic. Like we're, we're flag, say. we're flag flying Americans, or, yeah. or we want to defend nah. our our Eastern European brothers and sisters. I only care about the RBGs that's there. I only care about the Africans that's there. And yes, I am going to have to ask, like, what in the hell are you doing in Ukraine? But some of them were there for school, probably work, jobs, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, people need to get home. That lets us know, though, too, as Africans. We got to get on our Pan-African shit. You know what I'm saying? We, we need to be able to be in a position to make a phone call like F. They need to get on that. No, you, you're exactly right, Aki. And that's, that's how it should matter for us. It should not matter in the sense that uh, kind of like Du Bois, you know, uh, I guess maybe earlier in his career, on the eve of uh, World War One, you know, Du Bois is saying we need to close ranks and, you know, fight uh, on the, on behalf of this country and, and lead with this country against what's going on in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, And, of course, his opinion on some of those things changed. Yeah. You know, um, and, of course, ours got to develop and mature. You know, it got to keep on doing that. You know, say so this shouldn't be a time where we kind of close ranks and say, yes, now let, let's forget about uh, our grievances on race and these things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we can support this international effort against Russia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who is, is it, People are comparing Putin to Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We got to get focused on this Pan-African, I'll say internationalism. And I'll put, I'll put the enter in parentheses just so we always focus on the nationalism too because, you know, we can't, just, we can't be seeking tokenism in the U.S. and think we're going to add into an internationalist, you know, pan, a international like Pan-African anti-colonial struggle yeah. at, while trying to be tokens in the U.S. We have to focus, still focus on nationalism, black nationalism here in the U.S. Yeah. to truly, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, have the power necessary to really contribute to this pan-African anti-colonialism. I mean, um, you know, um, the, the the African communities globally gotta, um, you know, organize, organize, come together, and as Garvey talked about, whether it's or in terms of Garvey, you know, create that one super African nation state. No, that don't mean the whole damn country. It mean one state, maybe a merge of two or three. But it's one. And that state has enough power and pull around the world that it can be a protection to African people globally. It will be a seat of global African power. And so we need that. You know what I'm saying? In situations like this, like I said, yeah, what the hell are we doing in Ukraine? But, hey, we got geniuses. So some people go up there and they, you know, doing their thing. We seeing people with babies, you know what I'm saying? Sisters holding babies and stuff. They trying to get up out of there. Oh, yeah, I mean... Uh, the uh, black Americans, you know, what I'm saying, new Africans here in, in, on this continent, in this country. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear none of that. As far as us questioning why there are black people in Ukraine, we haven't experienced the displacement that Africans have. As not, not in that sense. You know, what I'm saying, where you know, people through neocolonialism have, you know, really uh, made poor countries over there. Not a lot of uh, opportunities within the countries over there. You know, we live in a country with a level of opportunity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even if, of course, we're held from it, kept from it. I mean, not, the trip from Nigeria to Ukraine, Ukraine might be the same amount as California to New York. But I'm saying, but, but I'm looking at it like this, though. 
you coming from that most people from Nigeria they ended up in places like England. Like uh but from what it said, they were there, went to school there. Still really don't make no sense. What country in Africa speak Ukrainian? I don't think none of them. I don't know none of them. Like, Ukraine is an odd place. It's weird. But no, I mean, what, what, uh, you, I don't, I don't know if there's a Ukrainian language, though. What would they speak? Russian? Uh, I know a lot of people in Ukraine do speak Russian. Probably so, yeah. Uh, let me see. You're forgetting how to spell Ukraine. But like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm always going to wonder that. What the hell are you doing in Ukraine? When I, when I meet black, when I first met black people from Alaska, I asked them, what the hell are you doing up in Alaska? Black people in Alaska. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, hey, I'm, before I sound too ignorant, the vast majority of people in Ukraine speak Ukrainian. Which is written with a form of acrylic alphabet, the language belonging with Russian and Belarusian to the East Slavic branch of Slavic language family is closely related to Russia, but also has some distinct similarities to Polish. Okay, so I guess it's just one of those Germanic yeah of languages. But regardless of that, you know we got to get those folks up out of there. Hopefully, things have changed since that story. And that information was put out. Um, I mean, the inst- I mean, ultimately, we want the institutions in Africa, the whole continent, to be mm-hmm. so cutting edge and yeah. well, well resourced. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And accessible. You know that people don't have to travel outside the country for a a basic medical training. And that's what you I was know, saying. Or, like, or, why or, are they there? Exactly. You know, you know they shouldn't be there. You know, not to say they don't have the right to go there, but, like, they shouldn't have to go there to get that type of shit. They should be able to get that at home, you know. But, you know, that's what this thing could be a lesson for us on, you know. How, what do you do when the enemy is fighting each other? Stay on the path. Stay on the path, but plot. Facts. Facts. Do some work. You know, so let's keep it moving, Aki. Uh, move on to this next topic. You know, uh, we're not gonna solve the Ukraine crisis. We we'll probably have to talk about it again in the next few weeks. I'm gonna solve it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had we headed over there right now. I'll be right back. Be right back. Got the homies. We got the heat. We going over there to set this up now. <laughs> we uh, in America, and we went over there. We find the neo Nazis straight yeah, uh, straight yeah, up yeah, for anybody yeah. else. Like, why is that? My name. We, we ain't gonna incriminate ourselves on the <laughs> on the live. But uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about the uh, Supreme Court nominee uh, that Biden has now given out uh, or sought to appoint, uh, and that is uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson, Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. So uh, of course, the main question here is how what the hell does this mean for Black people, right? Does this mean anything? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I guess that uh, that's the question that is being answered by some publications or some platforms, right? So Aki and I, we both uh, sat and watched a little bit of uh, where the Black Power Media, Jared Ball, and another brother, uh, Nefta, yeah, was uh, was reviewing it. But they was they was looking at, and so we was looking at this Black News Channel uh, program, yeah. Where uh, one of the commentators with a gray beard and, and, and dark hair on the top of his head, but the gray beard. <laughs> it stuck on you right there. <laughs> He's a fraud. He's a yeah, fraud. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fraud. Your hair's black. Your goatee is goddamn gray. What's going on? I, you just Some know. people hair grow like that, though. I keep, you know what I'm saying? They, saw, they, they, get, they get a little pep in the beard before they get it on the top. Yeah, I ain't gonna talk no more shit about him. You know what I'm saying? I got some, I got a few jokes in my head. Let's say he a black man on the black news channel, so we'll give him that. But misguided, still yes, yes. misguided. And 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 the his guest was misguided. The too. guest was the guest was a black woman with beautiful locks. Yes, but misguided, totally misguided. Uh, was uh, man, both of them was just was just. Working so what synchronistically? Yeah, <laughs> I'll say that word. <laughs> I make it up yeah, if it's yeah, not yeah. one. You could definitely tell it was a 
They, Taylor made show. They was adding on to each other's bullshit. Yeah. Co-signing like them. Yeah. But anyways, so like we said, there's some platforms that are celebrating Ketanji Brown Jackson's uh, appointment or or uh, at least a possible appointment, right? Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're ordaining that as you know, uh, you know, the greatest thing, you know, since damn near Obama. Like we ain't learned no lessons from Obama. I mean, uh, I know I got some quotes here. Uh, if it, I mean the 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 woman was on there saying, "It, it feels so good, I cried." And uh, what stayed up all night? I just woke up four o'clock in the morning because I just couldn't go to sleep because I was just so filled with joy. And I'm like, yes. A know, be- so yeah, uh, the woman on there said it was a beautiful and inspiring day. And then she finished off the sentence in America. And of course, it's this idea that, and this is you know, damn near quoting verbatim. That Ketanji Brown Jackson bringing the lived experience of a black woman to the to the Supreme Court is something that is going to be a uniting force in this country. Yeah. It's going to help repair some of the damage in this country, and this is exactly why this white liberal establishment funds and uh, and supports this black girl magic uh, farce so much. It's, it's for this exact reason to confuse people, to confuse the youth, and confuse. Black America in terms of our relationship with this society. I mean, you know, because there would be no things would be much more dire and less hope would be seen in the situation if there wasn't such an intense type of uh, control sought to be placed on this image, a controlling force on this image of black women and their relationship with this white white government structure. I mean, you know, um, to me, it's like, you know, I look back at the election of Biden and people were soaking mad afterwards because they're like, well, he didn't do nothing for black folks. And it was funny because I was sitting there and me and other people in the contingency was like, well, he didn't do shit. I mean, welcome to politics. Obama didn't do nothing either when he got in. This is how we, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know what's inspiring a about it and that inspiration I probably I, I feel sometimes I say well I should have that inspiration I, I should be inspired to you know see a black woman anointed to the Supreme Court as a judge you know but then I gotta think about you know the experience that we have with black politicians and uh, uh, and people who hold judicial seats. Clarence Thomas is a good example. Now, I heard one commentary that said the black bourgeoisie revealed themselves as having such a big disregard for the experiences of black masses when they proclaim these black faces in white spaces as meaning so much and being such a sign of progress. You know, they show their disregard in their in their lack of attachment, lack of relationship to the black community. Yeah. Because the black community is off of that shit, largely. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and increasingly so, I should say. I mean, you know, I mean, we go into a background, personal decisions and stuff like that. You know, I have no doubt in my mind that she's probably an intelligent woman and, and you know, smart and get credentials and uh, stuff like that. Oh, Judge Jackson... I'll tell you straight up is is a better speaker, more charismatic than Kamala ever could be. Yeah, you know she what I'm saying. Speak way better than her. And uh, not to pit them against each other, but there was, was right there next to each other, and there are two black women being used by the same democratic machine. Now the two highest profile black women yeah. to ever be used by the, this political machine. Yeah. Uh, you know, a Supreme Court justice and a vice president—that's the highest black woman they've ever reached yeah. in terms of their representation in this machine. So, I mean, the, you know, uh, some comparison is warranted. Both married to white men. Both. The, and that, that, so before we get to the white man, I, I, I want to ask one question because I'm going to end on that, Aki. But uh, she, uh, uh, Judge uh, Jackson was asked by a Republican senator during one of the uh, hearings for her uh, being considered for some court, I believe, right? 
and uh, she was asked about uh, if she thought systemic racism was present in the U.S. judicial system, right? She was asked an opinion, right, how she felt about a system. Not about her courtroom, right? But that's exactly how she dodged the question. She said that there's no language that I quote from, basically, in the in the, in the Constitution that, that uses that language. So I don't use that language. Mm-hmm. So she dodged the question. Because the clear answer should be, yes, there's racism within the ju- U.S. judicial system. That And she could even say, I'm trying to root it out. That would be what you would expect somebody to say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, even... Uh, that's the lowest bar for a black liberal. Yeah. That's the lowest bar for a black liberal, Aki. Yeah. The recognition that there's racism that you feel like you can incrementally work out. But, she, I mean, she wasn't even willing to... Say yes or no. Say yes or no. Hell uh, of a deflection. Major lead deflection. And I don't know if you pressed her on it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But she needs to be pressed on it. But you know what, though? She, it, it, you can't read Derrick Bell and, and learn critical race theory and disregard it so much. I I, I agree with uh with Jared Ball and his assessment. Uh when he said that um she's the antithesis of Derrick Bell. Yeah. Like like what she said was the antithesis of Jared Bell. Yeah. I mean um you know when it really comes down to it, you know, we're live we we, we, we seeing we seeing a, a major move being made by the United States on the black community. I mean, I've always seen um, the primary goal of the of the of this you know this system since they decided they wasn't gonna get rid of us, and they decided that they were gonna keep us here. You know, their job has always been to assimilate us, and this big push that we've been seeing lately to to get um, a lot of our sisters. Um, in political positions and and to hold certain political views, to me sometimes can look like a tactic being used for that. Now the majority of sisters are not on that, but it seems as if they put certain ones in the spotlight to move the rest of them. Whether it's, uh, well, vote for her because she supports this policy. The policy may not be no damn good for you. But because you see a black woman moving that way, you go that way. So, you know, it's a little bit of political trickery being played up in here. I mean, it makes me think. We took Kamala Harris with a white husband. We really didn't even take her. I mean, we supported her somewhat. And she was put in front of us. Yeah, yeah, You know what I'm saying? But it's not like she was popular when she was running. Yeah. But they, then, but then Biden was the only choice, you know what I'm saying? And she got uh, she got nominated as as, a, as his yeah, vice. Yeah. She wasn't chosen by the people. Skeletor was nominated. Exactly. <laughs> Skeletor won. You know what I'm saying? But it's like then we get this judge, and we're boasting, you know, these folks up. We keep hearing this thing. Her experience as a black woman. She has the experience as a black woman, and I'm thinking like you from Miami. Is, is your life the typical experience of a black woman? Especially when we looked into her background. Her father, uh, police officer, turned war veteran, turned lawyer, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, she goes to Harvard. And I read that her first relationship was with the white husband that she met at Harvard, who who, who uh, turned out to be uh, become a, uh, a surgeon. Yeah. So... The typical black woman's story ain't going to Harvard and marrying a white surgeon. Yeah, no, no. First of all, let's get this right. She married what is called a, a Boston Brahmin. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that, Ike. Yeah, I had to Google. I had to Google this shit. You know, anybody know anything about uh, classes and uh, classes and civilizations, and specifically India? You know that in India they have a class system there, and one of the most known class systems is the class of a Brahmin. And that's the highest varna in Vedic yeah. Hinduism. I just looked it yeah. up. <laughs> now the lowest is they norm. I can't take. I don't know the technical name, but I know it's untouchable. Right. We call them untouchables. Mm-hmm. Those are the darker, woolly-haired folks that's there. Senator, the original black African man from the motherland, East Africa. You know, um, but they are called Boston Brahmins. Now they have no connection 
to the Brahmins in India. But it's just saying, I mean, this is parlance for just saying they're a higher class, closer to God. Old Boston blood. When I say that, they have people that was in the Continental Congress. He got he got Continental Congress in his blood. Right. And that's that, what her that's what she married into. Right. So she married high class old money. Through her husband. Now she's she's related to uh Paul Ryan, yeah, a Republican. Because he related to them. Right. Old money. Old <laughs> Old power, I think. Old colonial money. <laughs> old colonial power. <laughs> thirteen thirteen colonies money type shit. That's some old Connections. That's some, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Just that's some that's some secret society shit. I yeah, yeah. That's some see. Yeah, yeah. They drinking the juice. They drinking the juice. I kid. You know. They commend the rituals together to that hold each other accountable. I kid. That ain't the typical black woman's life though. at all. You know. Nor should we want it to be. And yeah. nor should black women in mass look at it. I mean, they don't. I mean, it's not even saying I, this ain't even no prescription to black yeah. women because most black women don't see Katanji Brown Jackson as typical. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. She ain't typical. And uh, now we do have an alarming. I I, I won't say majority because honestly I don't know if it's the majority, but I will say significant because it is significant. Yeah, uh, amount of black women that go for that type of representation. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, and increase and, and that number is increasing just because that that str- the stranglehold of this system on our consciousness. You know, through these phones, through this digital system, uh, is having an effect. You yeah, know. yeah. I mean, you know, the the globalization of the world, um, social media has also added to that. But also, it is an image that if we pay attention to media, maybe in the last five years, we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing it a lot in commercials. You know, I've been seeing a lot of black women and white men in commercials. Just been seeing a lot of it. Um, we heard something, don't know if it's true, but they were saying most of these judges were married to, most of these black women that was going up for this were married to white men. That may not be true. They said each of the three black women that were at the top of the possible list yeah. for this uh, appointment were all married to white men. You know, like, and, and you know, I know sisters going to say, well, y'all been doing that for years. And I, I can't even, I mean, you know, Clarence Thomas. Married George Bush's cousin, but seemed there seemed to be some type of uncritical acceptance of this materialism, you know what I'm saying, yeah. or some uncritical departure away from our nationalist agenda. Yeah, yeah, our national culture. Yeah, I mean, you know, because our national culture ain't gonna lead us to the arms of a rich yeah. white nobody. But see, that's man or woman. Of, that's that's where nationhood comes into play, because when you got a nation. You have a checks and balances of the people. So, say for instance, we we are a nation of people, right? We a nation. We are well, we are a nation of people. But say for instance, we are set up, organized nation of people. We may just have somebody on the Supreme Court. We may just have somebody on the Supreme Court, but that person was verified and put in the checks and balances by us. You know, she was verified by us and we sent her that means when we put her up there and she went to the Supreme Court or got that nomination we can have certain confidence in her because we know she already showed her credentials she already sewn her work she all, we, we, we would know this. this is what nationhood does believe me Asian Americans even if they wanted they, 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 they try to use the term even though I know a lot of them don't like the term, but you see a lot of them and they get into the United States government and Senate, they want to call themselves Asian Americans. But you best believe he know who the hell he is. And he had to pass the checks and balances or she had to pass the checks and balances amongst her community to go up there and represent them and represent the country. You ain't going to go up there. So it's like nationalism, that organization can bring things like that about. Right now, that, that's just an individual I, I agree with you saying, uh, but only only part I would I guess question, but yeah. not even just you, but myself as well, yeah. is this idea that Asian Americans, just for an example, yeah, are, are as careful at looking for a candidate that you know I guess is 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 is, is censoring Asian American uh, type of politics because I'm thinking like well, Asian Americans. Uh, yeah. Well, keep it real. I said that. Asian Americans, which I was, that was ironic about them, they don't even really do stuff like that. Yeah, I think a lot of Asian Americans, you know, 
they they they, they are are somewhat assimilated into into the West. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But there's also a lot of I guess, especially at this the school uh, UIUC. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Im- Asian immigrants. Yeah, you know what I'm saying that are not exactly Asian Americans. Yeah, in the sense that they've been here for generations, or you know what I'm saying they're here as citizens and they and they they came to immigrate and become a part of the society. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess I I mean we could take another example uh Latino Americans as well uh you know what I'm saying like I I I, I guess I see an in I guess my point in all this is saying I see an increasing Americanization you oh know, yeah you know what I'm saying where where, oh, they, yeah. where where these groups are 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 bootstrapping some of their own community now yeah you know what I'm saying oh yeah I mean we have certain uh politicians um Cuba I mean, not Cuba, but down in uh, Florida. You know what I'm saying? Um, Texas. Who was totally against, you know, and these people are Mexican-American, Cuban-American. They were totally against the border situation. Mm. They were, like, totally, like, nah, keep them over there. They supported America in it. So that Americanization, assimilation is real. Mm-hmm. This is what we're talking about. They, they've been trying to do this. And, and part of Americanization is the foregoing and the disuniting between a community and their ethnic and racial bonds. Americanized, the melting pot melts away that shit. The American melting pot is meant to melt away that shit. I mean, you know, hey, I mean... I mean, look what happened to Irish Americans. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of where black people, because at the end of the day, we talking about all these other peoples, right? But they ain't my concern. Right. I'm concerned about black folks, New Africans, African Americans, whoever you want to call us. And, well, not whatever you want to call us, but you know what I mean. Um, when it comes down to it, you know, we have to figure out, you know, how we want to exist in this country. You know, we have to figure out, do we want to be a community? At least. At the least. For, for those of us that want to be a community, we also have to decide when are we willing to walk away from those that don't want to be a community. Yeah. 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 Because it's not going to be all of us to a man, a woman, a child, and, and trans family. Yeah. 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 Got a point there. I mean, you know, those are conversations that you have, you know, in in gathering, you know. Um, but I mean, it still comes down to the basic. How I mean, do you do you want this? I mean, I'm gonna keep it real. Um, as time has progressed, more and more people, because this is all they know, you know. Um, there's certain. Uh, segments of uh, age groups that were able to experience certain things. So it came, you know, with the time. Then you have this generation that's coming through and they experienced something with Black Lives Matter. You know, that was something like my generation, we seen Rodney King. You know, and I was I was young then. But like y'all, by the time, by the time the millennials and the zenials, shit, this shit is on camera. So, you know what I'm saying? It's not like we ain't getting a dose of it through the generations. But, you know, they got to see a reason to fight. And, you know, so when we see these nominations and stuff like that pop up, you know, um, and this would be the same to me if it was a black man. The main reason why I'm looking at this nomination, you know, and that's to kill the gender argument or the, or the, or the, or the uh, accused accusations. The main reason why is because, like, I was tapped out after seeing men pop politicians do this shit. After seeing Obama, then getting Kamala, I was already tapped out. So when I seen her pop up there, it was an easy script book. What was the first thing I asked? I wonder if she married to a white man. Sure enough, fit, 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 fit the script book. It, it, you, can't, you can't lose on it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean... I, I mean, I agree, Aki. I, I don't see... This preference for black people, particularly black women, that have white partners, 
I don't I can't help but see that in league, you know what I'm saying, it's relationship with this uh I guess of aggression from this white society against the black family. I mean, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, like of course they don't philosophically this white society yeah. ain't got no preference for the black family, a strong black family. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So anybody that shows so, any sign of disunity with that, yeah. you know what I'm saying, uh, they got something there. I mean, even given Obama. I mean, Obama might have got it through his his parents' ancestry. You know, yeah. the fact that he had a white mother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, we've yet to see uh, a black person get a vice presidency or a presidency with two black parents. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, that, that was a... Uh... Sort of that exception on the rule, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's not even necessarily just about like you know who you choose to be with. Sometimes can be considered a political statement. It's not all the time. At the end of the day, you choose who you want to be with. I mean, by all means, listening to her talk, she met this dude at Harvard. Up, uh, you know, what I'm saying high class school where major players and old money run through it. And, you know, this could be her sentiment. This could be, because some people actually do believe. Some people actually do believe in America. You know, whether they they could be married to another black person and they really do believe in this shit. Facts. You know, so like. She really do. And, and I think she really do. She said this shit is the greatest goddamn country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the world. Like, like just, and, and, and I already know this. In the, in the his, this yeah. is the greatest democracy in the history of the world. Yeah. And, and anytime you hear that, that you you always know that if you give them pushback on it, they're going to say, well, black people came so far. Our ancestors came here as slaves. And look at us now. I'm a Supreme Court judge. And I, look, I'm thinking that, that this greatest democracy is only 50, 60 years old, if that. I mean, but, I think like, Rome lasted longer than this one. And that, that wasn't even no democracy. And, and of course, I don't feel like it's a democracy even right now. Yeah. I don't feel that way. Yeah. But I'm just saying, even with the lowest bar you could set, Black people in the South could not vote until the 1960s. Yeah. Until they start tearing down that old-ass segregation with the Civil Rights Movement. Yeah. So you're saying the greatest democracy in the world was uh, in existence since the 1700s? No, they're going to say... Until the 1960s? It's almost so many gains since then and so many things. And it's not perfect yet, but we're going there. Well, the majority of this country's history is one of anti-democracy and the, and, and the stripping of democratic rights from us uh, from black Amer- from black folk the majority of its history the only last 50 60 years i key you know what i'm saying it, it can it, it ever even think about being described as a democracy as i said i don't trust this bitch because we have <laughs> no living working history that tells us we should mhm our whole existence here has been some fuckery. You know? Has there been some moments? Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was some policy, some attack, some scandal, some uh, 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 devilishment, something going on in the background, redlining, you know, all, all types of stuff. It was some going on, always. Some going on right now. You know what I'm saying? They, I mean, the, the, and it's funny, the same target that was the target in the beginning is the same target now. That ain't changed. Numbers done went up. Deaths done went up. You know, we have no reason to trust this. Seeing her in that office is that sign that lets you know, like, more people are buying into this shit. More people are buying into this shit. And they want people who really believe in it to be symbols. It's not even the fact that the person even believes. They could have been fake. But they need that person as a symbol. They need symbols to get the masses to move towards what they want this to be. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, um, we'll see if she gets elected. Um, Because I know she does believe in this shit. So a little bit of me say, hope you get it. Do I think it's going to change anything? 
No. Because the ratio on the, on the Supreme Court ain't in her favor. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, it may be a little something to talk about then. And then I, then I would question what policies will be going in. Which stuff will be going before the Supreme Court is up to go before the Supreme Court? And how will she rule or make judgments on that? So, you know. I mean, you're exactly right, Aki. And, of course, we know the Supreme Court got a majority conservative uh, justices on there. I mean, Trump appointed three of them himself in his four years. So, I mean, we know what that is. We got Obama for that one. Yeah, we know what that is, Aki. So uh, I mean I'm good I'm good with the episode right there Aki uh, let's look forward you know try to set for a good episode a week from now get an episode 43 going next week we hope y'all tune in then thank you for tuning in for episode 42 and uh, yeah we're gonna keep this fire going peace peace. <laughs>